You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Broadway, Broadway, in all of its glory, we all have a memory. Was there an understudy? Where did the show stop? Did you see Barbara before she shot to the top? Join us as we revel in a reverie. It's my Broadway memory. Michael, should we bring on our guests for this evening? I am so excited and I can't believe this lineup. Brian, I'm just smashed you asked. <laughs> we could get smashed tonight. Honestly, why not? Um, okay, so we have Mark Shaman, one of my personal heroes. Buckle your seatbelts, everyone, because... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This bio is, it's just unbelievable. He is an award-winning composer, lyricist, orchestrator, and musician. Recently, Mark co-wrote the songs and composed the score for the director, uh, for director Rob Marshall and Disney's Mary Poppins Returns, the sequel to the classic film Mary Poppins. He's Oscar-nominated seven times for Mary Poppins Returns, Sleepless in Seattle, Patch Adams, The First Wives Club, The American President, and South Park, Bigger, Longer, Uncut, one of my favorite movies in the world. He wrote music for some of my favorite uh, other movies like Beaches, First Wives Club, and Hocus Pocus orchestrated that amazing music. And Broadway musical credits are the Tony Award winning Hairspray, Tony nominated Martin Short, Fame Becomes Me, Tony winning Catch Me If You Can, and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He has done Peter Allen uh, up in one, Bette Midler's Divine Madness, um, Ellie Green Greenwich's Leader of the Pack, and Patti Lapone on Broadway. He wrote Smash. He's co-produced and arranged Grammy-winning recordings for music icons like Bette Midler, Harry Connick Jr., Mariah Carey, and including the Grammy-winning recordings Wind Beneath My Wings. 
and From a Distance. He's written for SNL in his collaboration with Bette Midler, one of my favorite performances of all time, for her Emmy-winning appearance as his final guest on the Johnny Carson's penultimate Tonight Show. It's one of my favorites. You weren't kidding with that bio. Awesome. No, it's and there's so much more. It's 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 steel. It's amazing. And our other phenomenal guest, Megan Hilty, is most recognizable for her portrayal of seasoned triple th- threat Ivy Lynn in NBC's musical drama Smash. Most recently, she starred as Patsy Cline in Lifetime's original movie Patsy and Loretta, for which she earned a Critics' Choice Award nomination for her performance. Other credits: Wicked, Nine to Five, Noises Off, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. And please welcome Mark Shaman and Megan Hilty. Hello. Hello. How are you guys doing? I'm dead that you guys are here. Thank you for being here so much. Thank you. Thanks. (laughs) You're like, it's no, you don't have to travel, so it's good. (laughs) How are you guys doing tonight? Where are you both both self-isolating or whatever stage we're in right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously. Mark, you want to go first? I'm in upstate New York, which it's really downstate New York, <laughs> but it's it's up from Manhattan. Uh, and that's where I basically have been since this whole thing started. I've barely left the house. Good. Good for you. I can't, that's I, you know, I have these in-ears and I'm not going to use them. They're just hideous. I'm going to put on my old-fashioned <laughs> headphones. Get rid of you guys. those in-ears. It's like... Do you have the molds though? Do you have them like did yeah, you have molds? Yeah, I just haven't had a chance to really use them. Oh, okay. That's yeah. okay. Where are you? Where are you? Uh Megan, oh, where are you? I'm in Los Angeles. I apologize to everyone. We're having some construction done. I didn't know they were coming today. I thought <laughs> I thought that was your stomach. So it there's a there's like a chainsaw. You know, it's it's really a nice soundtrack for this event. Yes. Yes. Yeah, one would say that they're smashing into your walls, but that's the last. That's the last one I'm gonna make. No, I swear. We're uh, done. Since we are, we've been in LA since the beginning. We've barely left the house. I am now a full time. Well, I was a kindergarten teacher. Now I'm a first grade teacher. Coming into, we're we're starting to buckle down and do that. We're we have this little. uh, garage that we converted. It was a. It was essentially our little guest house. But now, since no guests will be coming, we're now transforming it into a classroom. We're like, wow. going into it like so that we have like a a space. This is my life now. Like my life is completely different. But I'd like I'd like to picture you're like uh, Bernadette Peters and Pennies from Heaven. <laughs> She's a you know, 1930s uh, school teacher. Sure. Keep yes. that image. Yes, that's exactly. Love is good for anything that ails you. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, for some reason, just because of this situation, I'm just imagining a Miss Hannigan situation. Just like, oh, just like some some gin right before class. No one's gonna know. They're in, they're in first grade. It's fine. It, there's that like famous meme that went around like when all this started, saying that like it, I, I'm gonna misquote it. I shouldn't even be saying it, but it it it. it, it Alluded to the fact that all the teachers had a drinking problem now, meaning yes. all yeah. these, these oh, it was it was um to be tweet- teachers are now drinking to get through. It was like job. in thirty years, the people who are running the country are going to be people who were brought up by alcoholics as yes. teachers, something like that. Yeah. yeah, that's hysterical. Well, I mean, just you, I really, we just have to treat ourselves kindly during this time. Life has turned upside down, and just you know. 
if you want some gin, have some gin. What do I gotta <laughs> say? You know, if it's gonna make you smile. Do you uh, both have playbills? That that's the next question. That's yeah, that's the next question. I do. Do do you have any, Mark? No, because that's okay. It's just like a, a weekend house. So it's become like the lifetime house. Quite all right. I've got a couple that I think ah. you think you were had something to do with. And also, I just have a bunch of questions for you. I mean, I'm such a, an admirer and lover of both of your work. I mean, you know, Mark, my mom and my grandfather, who's no longer with us, both, uh, that was the, the father-daughter dance at my parents' wedding was Wind Beneath My Wings. So oh. that song is extremely, I mean, all, all so much of your music is very, very, very important to myself and my family. So this is like just, very just special. Thank you. I mean, I, I was a co-arranger and co-producer. I, I didn't write that song. If if I did, I'd, I'd be, well, I wouldn't be talking to you. Um, no, I mean, I'd be living on some, in some, I don't know. My God, can you imagine writing that song? Those guys, I mean, can you imagine having written that song? I know, I, mean, I know that. No, I, I know that I, you didn't write it, but that you're, but you are responsible for the song I, and the sound. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere there's even a recording of Bet singing the vocal and literally going, did you ever know that Mark Shaman, you're leading me down the garden path making me sing the song and I will never let you forget it. I keep wishing I could find, find that take in a vault somewhere. Oh, me too. Is there, oh, I'd love to hear that. Now, is there a certain, like, I like hearing things that, like, you're not really, um, that you don't really talk about much or whatever, but, you know, I have questions of the wazoo, but is there a memory that you have that's like where Bette Midler said that to you in recording that's at the top where you'll never forget that? If, if you could get that tattooed on your body, that moment, what would <laughs> what would that be for you? Well, that's one of them. But Megan, do you have do you have one? Inappropriate quotes that you would tattoo on your body. That's, oh, that's no, not <laughs> no. I'm not really I inappropriate quotes. No, I know, but I'm interested in you know the inappropriate ones. <laughs> I don't know. But, I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know. We'll, we'll circle back to that. Yeah. Before, yeah. before we get to the, our playbill memories, we have some questions from our followers on Instagram at my yes, Broadway memory. For those watching, if you ever have any questions for our guests, please just put them in the chat and we will, um, we always ask them on our social beforehand and we could play them the day of like we're going to do now. So this question is for Megan from Alana, Alana S. What made you choose There's Always Tomorrow for your Christmas album? I love it, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, so we're a huge Christmas family, just holiday family in general. But like we start, we decorate for Christmas on November 2nd, our wedding anniversary every year. And we have everything up for about two and a half months of the year. Um, and one of my favorite movies is that uh, the Rankin-Bass stop-motion Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And um, and I always sang uh, There's Always Tomorrow to my kids. Um, and so it just seemed, I don't know, it seemed it seemed totally natural to, to put that into our little intimate Christmas uh, album and concert concert tour oh yeah i love i love that thank you and that's actually a really great segue because this also has to do with holidays this question is for mark from david l and i also really want to know this as well so what was it like <laughs> writing music for hocus pocus 
Did you think it would be a big hit cult classic? It's August and I've already started watching it. So holidays <laughs> are here apparently. <laughs> well, once again, I, I must correct. I'm sorry. Uh, I only arranged one song. I arranged, um, I actually wrote, wrote some new lyrics for uh, I Put a Spell on You. That was oh. that was my only gig on that movie was just on that one song, but but that's what people remember. Uh, it was fantastic. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I went into a rehearsal with the ladies and Kenny Ortega was the director. It's just I just my memory is just us all around the piano, and just me coming up with new lyrics that fit you know the story about you know what is it? She's vicious. I can't remember any of it because I can't remember oh, anything. I could tell you yeah. them. <laughs> I'm your worst guess. I can't remember anything. But um, <laughs> yeah, if there's lyrics that aren't from the original song, um, I kind of wrote them that day at the piano. And then, then we were recording. And I knew I needed to make it kind of like a Bette Midler arrangement. And um, who knew? And now they're like kids, you know, like uh, Jay Armstrong. You know, uh, he was a uh, standby for Aaron in Catch Me If You Can. Never got to go on. But he does a gig every year. In drag, oh, yeah, and he sings that song, and I finally, like two years, I said, you know, I, I, I wrote those special lyrics and I arranged that. You know, he didn't even know. So I mean, there's a whole generation of people oh. I've worked with who have no idea of the many years. <laughs> Mark, to tie that in, actually, I do the, <laughs> I do the production and the promo photos for Jay's show. So I've seen it every single year, and it is. If anyone has a, oh, I don't know what he'll do virtually this, if he'll do it virtually this year, but it is one of the most amazing self-produced projects in the world. I mean, the costumes by David, by, uh, by David and the make and the make, I mean, it is like the right out of the movie and the song, it's, it's such a brilliant concert. Ugh, I wish it was happening this year. <laughs> Michael, what do you say we show them how to do the Playbill gig? Yes, I'm obsessed with that idea. Um, because, you know, I could just ramble and ask all these questions, these very, very niche questions, like what made you come up with the spell in that song? Like, how did you come up with the Zerks? But we'll talk about that later. So um, I have like nine of these, like nine, nine big ones. So I'm just going to, what I like to do. Where did you like get them from? These are from your grandparents and your parents? And no, these are shows that I've seen. Good Lord. Wow. My Broadway memory, honey. We're serious. <laughs> uh, also, but, money yeah, must be um, just a memory. That's a lot of money. <laughs> a lot of well, what's it's funny that you say that because you know I didn't growing up. I this was this is what I did. This is this is th that was my Hanukkah presents. That was what I saved up for. That was like I didn't want toys. I didn't need this. I didn't need that. I wanted to go see shows. I wanted to go to New York and see shows. That was my that that was what i got my kick so and i learned how to do it at a young age when you know seeing tarzan in 2006 was 20 dollars for a student rush ticket now it's not but you know 20 dollars for a broadway show sitting in the orchestra ain't too bad and you kind of figure out when you're a kid how to sort of go around it and um i don't know it just was like that's where i needed my money to go was seeing the shows because that's where i felt the most home you know, was Broadway. Get you get, I know, I don't need to explain we, it. To we you, get but it. Yeah, yeah, you get it. You get it. Okay, so I'm literally just going to go like that and like just that. pick. Okay. Um, I'm going to do, I'm going to do left. this one. I'm going to do this one because now we're going to get this completely random and it's, 
Um, it's actually my favorite musical of all time. So I'm really glad that I landed on that. And this was the 06, 07 revival. This is the production when it was at the Broadhurst. And um, it was the first time I believe I had seen it professionally. So I was really excited. I mean, this cast was amazing. And, um, uh, you know, it was the last time I think I had, no, I saw it twice in the West End before they had changed the full production. But um, I even, I have my ticket. I was, I Where saw it with my say? grandma. I sat. Student Rush, it says. Student Rush, um, Mez J18, which is house right of the Broadhurst. And I went with my grandma and it was, the cast was, it was, uh, oh, I didn't even know. That's amazing. It was Ali Ewell. It was um, Ben Crawford um, and Harada. Uh, uh, I can't really see. Um, I mean, Adam Jacobs. Um, it was just such an, I loved seeing it was so it much. Was it everything that you thought the Broadway production should be of Les Mis, well, like sitting it, there in the audience? It was different just because, you know, I grew up with the White Album and grew up obsessed with Frankie Raphael and Randy Graff and, and everyone. So it was different, just hearing different voices. And it already had been a revival, so it had changed. You know, there, there was a different, there was a different sort of feel to it. And I was just so happy to be there and so ecstatic and um you know i what's funny is i was going to show you this but i do have a mary poppins tattoo right here um oh so that's an yeah. actual tattoo wow that's an actual tattoo she leads me in the right direction that's why she's Jeez. that way um but i have a les mis tattoo um right here which is one day more in french in Victor Hugo's handwriting, but he never wrote the phrase. So he found his manuscripts and I pieced together his letters to form it. It's oh. impressive. That's intense. That <laughs> is Very intense. intense. Scary. I know. You're all, you're all like, what, okay, next. What other <laughs> show us the back of the playbill. What other shows were happening at the. Oh, I was sure. afraid you were about to say, show us the back of you. <laughs> tattoos back there. Show us your chest, Mark. <laughs> Just giving you fame. Um, okay, so we have, what are some Charlotte and Chorus Line ad? We love. Wow. We love. Um, what we have on the Broadway at this time is Chorus Line, Avenue Q, Beauty and the Beast, Chicago, Curtains, Deuce, Frost Nixon, Grey Gardens, Hairspray, Inherit the Wind, Jersey Boys, Legally Blonde, Les Mis, Mamma Mia, Mary Poppins, Old Acquaintance, 110 in the Shade, Rent, Spamalot, Spelling Bee, Spring Awakening, Tarzan, Color Purple, Drowsy, Lion King, Phantom of the Opera, Your Magical Thinking, Wicked, Xanadu. Oh, some gems in there. So, okay, so enough with me. Let's, let's, Megan, would you like to do yours? I guess I um so I have a bunch of the those folders too, but they're all in storage. But I did have a bunch um here. Um in your classroom. In my in my classroom. Um but I'm I'm not supposed to look at them. How am I not supposed to look oh you you can oh, do whatever you want. You can look I at think, them. Um I got my Hello Dolly playbill from when Bernadette Peters was Dolly. I, I did not know, I did not know that, that my heart needed that to see Bernadette as Dolly. Like she's, she's my ultimate favorite everything. Um, 
and it was it uh, her her performance was literally breathtaking. I I gasped several times, especially when she was speaking to her husband. Like she 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 brought such a range to that character that I wasn't I wasn't expecting just because I've always seen Dolly as just a showy thing, you know, and but fun and lovely and but there was there was this depth all of a sudden with Bernadette that I was I I just and Victor Garber, oh my gosh. Um it was it was a magical, magical night. Do you happen to have any ticket stubs or anything in there? In here? Yeah, in the uh, I don't think I have a ticket stub. Um Oh no, but um there was an understudy on for Irene Malloy. Oh. Um and I love that. I love the, because I yeah. started out as a standby, so I love I know exactly what's happening backstage and it's magic. So I what I was, love I love going to the theater and opening the playbill and a piece of paper falls out to yeah. tell you that there's something really special about to happen. Yeah. I'm sure you've talked about this before, but I'm I'm not aware of it. What I mean your first time going on as Glinda when you were a standby, what was that like? What like, what is what is that like for you going on stage? What an entrance! Yeah, I was it was terrifying because um, I was right out of college. I had I was a standby, so I didn't really know anybody. Um, I you know our dressing room at the Gershwin, the standbys we we were kind of separate. You know, um, I had two hours notice uh, my first. My for my Broadway debut, and so I ran to the theater, and um, and Adina Menzel walked in the room, and she was like, "Hey, is there anything you want to go over?" And I was like, <laughs> "You know, I was so nervous, and uh, I was a baby. I didn't, I, I, and it was the, it was such a gigantic show. You know, at that point, it was, at that point, I think it was uh, like." 11 months into the run, like 10 or 11 months into the run, something like wow, that. That's a long time though, for you to just stand by. Oh no, no, no. I didn't start out with them. I, I stood by for um, two months before I went on. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, I'm saying like, since the, op like from the opening oh, I thought, of the right. show, yeah. like, so it was a huge, I mean, it still is huge, but, um, uh, so it was nerve wracking, but Adina did something that I, I will never forget. She, she came in. She um, she was like, "Hey, is there anything you want to go over?" And I freaked out. And she was like, "You know what? Let's just go out there and make the show our own tonight." And I'll never, ever, ever forget it. It was such, and it, it might seem so small to people who don't understand how uh, <laughs> understand that situation. She could have walked in there and said, "Hey, at this point, I need you to be standing here. I need you to do this like that. I need you to say this like that." And she would have been completely within her right to do it. But instead, she gave me the opportunity and the and allowed me really to breathe and like be present with her and enjoy it, or at least try to, you know. Um, and it was it was magical. By the end of the night, I felt like we'd been through something together, and I will never forget that enormous um, act of kindness and generosity. And I bet you've been able to pay that forward later on in your career, right? I. I, I I try. <laughs> That's great. Um, I'm interested to know uh, if if you have another playbill there that you you want to share too. 
Like, do you have another playbill with you? Yeah, so you like want to share? Like a second I one. I have. Oh, I have a couple of them. So I have my friend Kat McPhee and Waitress. Oh, that's that's How a good you, one. Like, to bring how do you guys know each other? Yeah. Well, you know. Mark seemed to be excited over that go too. Go back. She was magical in this. What? She was so she phenomenal. Was magical. We all know she's remarkably talented, but another instance where I she just took my breath away. She was sorry. Chainsaws are going again. Um, yeah. <laughs> she was magic. I was so proud of her, and it was it was just so easy. Everything with her is. She's so cool and she's so easy. It's mm. awesome. It's awesome. That's also, amazing. Because on Smash, you know, she played a character that sort of she had to stay in this one, not one, but you know, she basically played this one character who had a certain way that made you think, well, that is who Kat McPhee is. But she's not. She's, she's not. As, as anyone who follows her on social media now, you know, she's got a really big sense of humor. But uh, when I saw her in Waitress, you know, I. I Hope it didn't seem like a, a backhanded insult to go like when I, I was so overwhelmed by her. Yeah. Because even as, even having done two years on the so Smash and had her sing songs I had just written like right next to me there, but Waitress was just, you know, funny and dramatic and also the stamina to just sing that marathon eight times a week. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. She was remarkable. Yeah. Do you guys together, Mark and Megan? Do you share a um, uh, do you share a memory together on Smash that is kind of unforgettable that you can talk about when you're, you know, in fifty years from now? Like, um, do you have anything that you share like that? I do remember re recording "Let Me Be Your Star." Oh, I remember that night in the studio up in the in the West Fifties. Yeah. Uh, and we didn't know what we, you know, what this was going to be necessarily. And I didn't know is this the right key or is this is this the right tempo or is this okay? I mean, somewhere there's a demo of me singing, if you can imagine. I think me I have it. Oh yeah. boy, it's not it's not pretty. Uh, so and so this was kind of the first moment. And and although I guess you girls have met by that time, but it was very it, embryonic. Yeah. Yeah, it was very, very new. Yeah, but it was exciting. I, gosh, and I just cherished, I cherish every memory that I have uh, in the studio with Mark and Scott. It, it yeah, was, what is that like, you know, working, I, were you familiar, I'm sure, with their work and oh, yeah, looked I up to I, them? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I was so, I was so nervous the first time I came to their, to their studio. Um, I just, I just wanted them to like me. I just want, I like, I'm, I was so, 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 so nervous. And um, I'm always afraid too, that when I'm nervous that I come off as like, I, I, like maybe aloof or something too. Cause I, I just, I just worry about anything, everything. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, the, those are my fondest memories are being in the the studio with Mark and Scott and witnessing their genius and uh, and getting quite frankly the the profound honor to be the first to voice so many of their songs. I mean, for sorry, Mark, go for it. No, no, just you know, imagine the, th the thrill for Scott and I. I mean, we we were writing one or two songs a week, and then to know that we had these two performers. Who were just gonna, you know, be phenomenal? They, I mean, we would write a song. I would send Megan 
this demo of me singing. And then she would like take the subway down to our apartment. It's not our apartment. It used to be mine and Scott's apartment. Our lives have changed, but we still work there every day at Scott's apartment. And we have a soundproof studio at, in the back of the apartment. We were very lucky when we were looking for an apartment, someone after two years of searching told us about this guy who was selling his apartment who had built a soundproof studio because he was a jingle singer, jingle writer. So, so it's a phenomenal place to have and to get to work, you know, when Megan would come over, it's soundproof. And so you really feel like you're in this little cocoon and we could just relax. And also because of the nature of modern stuff, you know, the girls could learn the song almost on the spot and I'm just recording everything. So by the end of the day, I have, you know, the learning of the song all the way through the phenomenal performances. But sometimes there's something in that rehearsal that I can, you know, pull from. Anyway, I'm just blabbering. But and how did, um, I'm interested to know how that here. worked. How did that work with the TV aspect? Had you guys ever worked on in a TV capacity before, both of you? I, and and have you had you both been on any sort of television? I worked before? at Saturday Night Live for two, for yeah. a few years. One year completely, like literally, I was a full time job. Other years, I was just freelance. So I certainly knew about uh, working for the live pace. Yeah, yeah, the pace and live television. Um, but nothing could prepare anyone mm. for what Smash was like. Yeah, on, I, on many levels. Yeah, I uh, I'd only done uh, like guest starring stuff, and um, I'd. Uh, I, I hadn't done any like series regular things. Like this was the most intense thing that I'd I'd been a part of on film at at all. Yeah. And it was so beautiful too. Oh I mean, my God. what you guys collaborated on, it's you know, there was a comment by my boyfriend Remy. Um, he mentions, Do you two realize how many drag queens lip sync to let me be your star? I mean, <laughs> it has permeated so much um our friend Paige Turner, who is a very popular Hell's Kitchen uh queen from hell's kitchen and has a huge following um does let me be your star and it's like uh, and it's so and it's show stopping every time because that number is so perfect and every and it's it's that it's it all comes together so beautifully and um it's just such it smashes amazing and it's such a it's such a moment in history and there's so many people that love it and i remember watching the series premiere like back when I was in high school and, and just being like, oh my gosh, this is like, this is what I want to see on TV as somebody who loved theater and was so young and not knowing how the business worked and stuff like that. It was just, it was very, very, very the moment I My own moment of memory of that kind of thing, it was because we would watch it, I guess, every week. Uh, I mean, we'd certainly seen it. We've been working on it. I scored a lot of it. So I, I knew what the whole show was going to be looking like. But Scott and I, when we watched, I think, the fourth episode, when Megan did Let's Be Bad, <laughs> and that number, <laughs> the whole production of the number and Megan's performance, we were both just like, I can't believe that. That was just on TV. Wow. Can you imagine if, if you were in high school and that that was just on TV? Oh, my God. We just that, couldn't believe it. That, 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 that was me. That was my favorite thing to do, like hands down on the show. That was that song was just epic, and and the choreography and the costumes. I mean, it was all just yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Mark, did you? Sorry, go for it, Megan. Sorry, I didn't. Oh, no. Excuse me, one second. My best friend just came over. I, I can't let her sit outside. I'm just gonna let her in. Sure. 
Hey, bring her on. No, so we can talk about me some more. No, yes, no, I do. I do have a question for you, Mark. Sorry, Brian. I do have a very specific question. I mean, it's like uh, for, you're talking about seeing things on TV, but you know, you have something like the Sweeney Sisters on SNL, which that's a huge joke. In I was just opinion. thinking, wouldn't it be fun if someone did the Sweeney Sisters doing the songs from Smash? Why, <laughs> then, why haven't drag queens done that? I don't know, but that needs to happen. Get on it. Now, you know, I have Playbill memories, even though I don't have Playbills with me. Well, I, that's I what I wanted to get to next. I, I have some Playbills that you were a part of, so I'd like to maybe discuss them from your perspective. Question. Very specific question later on regarding Hairspray, but take it. Take it away. Do you want to go for Hairspray? Who, me? Well, yeah, you choose. It's your, it's your. We're going to call it your Playbill memory for this one. Yes. Well, one was a big, shiny, bright hit, and the other one was a miserable flop. So, um, how dare you? Well, you it know, wasn't a miserable. When flop. I look at it, how dare you? I loved that music. I did too. Too. I did but too. But my Judaism, when I look at those two, I go, "Oh yeah, well that." Look, even the playbills themselves. Look at it. So it's too colorful. Saw it a little late in the smile, run, and the other one looks kind of funereal. That's that's when you know when the playbills go to black and white. I know. That's, that's when, when we you know. Well, honestly, I'm so glad you brought You're that up. Saving money because that's why I went to go see it because I knew it was going to be closing, and uh, you know I just wanted to go see it, so I rushed it with my dad back in. Uh, let's see, I do have the ticket here. It, this was, I guess, I think it was 2011. Two, yeah, August 14th, 2011, and um, I remember rushing it, and we got these horrible nosebleed seats all the way up in the mezzanine. And at intermission, my dad was like, there's front row seats that are open. We're going there. And we changed and <laughs> moved down there. Don't do that, guys. You should always ask an usher. But um, it was – I enjoyed the show. I did, too. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, luckily it was nominated for Best Musical. But yeah. um, it, it obviously it, it ended not the way any of us wanted it to. But, I, I mean, I have the memory of those songs and those performers nailing those songs, Aaron and – and Carrie, you know, that's, 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 of course, I don't mean to be so uh, morose. Uh, it's just my nature. Um, I judge Florida State Thespians every year. And it's a big, it's a big festival of 11,000 high schoolers competing with theater. And um, I request solo music, of course, because, you know, look at me. And um, uh, so many, so many young performers sing Fly, Fly Away. And I love that song. It's such a brilliant, brilliant song. And look, Norbert Leo Butts. I mean, what about that? I do can remember like that number stopping the show every night. I mean, it was like, yeah, it, those are phenomenal memories. Yeah. yeah. Um, specific question about hairspray before you go into it, because there's a lot to talk about hairspray. But I'm really interested because this is the type of artist that I am it, doing multiple things at once and sometimes multiple things within the project. You are executive producer and the writer of Hairspray. What was your experience like with that? Like, do, like how did that, how was that for you in that creative process? Well, I mean, I think Scott and I were executive producers of the, of the movie of, of the musical. Oh, the uh, movie of the musical. Yeah. On Broadway, we were just the writers. But uh, luckily, on, on Broadway, the last place where the writer is the king, where uh, you really, you know, you have your dramatist guild contract that says you have to be able to hear the songs you've written in performance. Uh, so it's 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 a wonderful place to be writing. Broadway is, and um, you know, Hairspray was. I mean, I you know, I've talked about it a lot. It was just the ultimate dream come true. Uh, beyond it was the dream that you have while you're dreaming 
<laughs> you're, you're dreaming in the dream. And even that is more, it's even more than you could have ever, ever imagined. It's amazing. And hopefully we will be able to see this again soon. I was supposed to go to London this past April and we had tickets to see it that got canceled. But uh, I saw that they announced today that they're coming back or they announced recently that they're coming back next April. They're going to try again. You know, I just saw over here on the right. I wonder if my friend Jamie is still uh, listening and watching. My friend Jamie, who uh, when I was in New Jersey, young teenagers, we we grew up. We were friends. We were like, me and Megan have like the same relationship as me and Jamie had when we were 13 or 14, just loving harmony and shows. And her mother uh, dated Robert Preston. And somehow we got that message back to Robert Preston. So when we went to, I think the opening night, maybe not, of Mac and Mabel. And so that's when I was thinking of playable memories. Like I have the memory of Bernadette Peters, Megan, you'll appreciate it singing time heals everything oh. on, on opening night and i think i was like 13 or 14 or something i can i swear to you i can still hear it in my head when she sang time <laughs> it, you know and i don't maybe there were little mics back then but it was it was really the sound of her voice on those notes filling the theater i can still hear it I can still feel it and hear it. So that's my playable memory. Well, I, I have a horrifying memory from Smash that has to do with you and <laughs> Bernadette. Um, huh? I, I was coming to a recording session with you uh, to record what I thought was just my part of uh, the duet that me and Bernadette were doing. Uh, she, did I mention she's my hero? Like my ultimate all-time hero of everything? Um, I was late coming from set and our, um, my, um, oh my gosh, I was uh, in the van going to your house and we got stuck behind every like garbage truck. Getting stuck behind a garbage truck in New York is like one of the worst things. It's a plague of death. Anything. I ended up being so late for that session. I felt so bad. And then I walked in and died because Bernadette was there and they were waiting for me. <laughs> it seemed like I didn't care about anything when it's the opposite. And I, I, w I was just mortified. I had, yeah, it's one, it, it's one of my worst memories <laughs> from Smash because I, I didn't want anybody to think that I didn't care because it, it was quite the opposite. But I, I remember sure that day. Were. I mean, you can imagine me and Megan and Scott just trading glances every now and then going, look, it's happening. It's Bernard Peters. Yeah. We're in this room with Bernard Peters just singing our song, or or I'm singing a duet with Bernard Peters. Yeah. And you just never that doesn't get you don't get used to that. No. Yeah. Did Bernadette ever um give you some like motherly advice while working with her? Did she ever like was there ever a moment of like connection with her that? Oh my you... God. Yeah. Here's the thing about Bernadette. She is, she is even more kind than she is talented. If that's, <laughs> if you can even like imagine, um, she's, she is like old school supportive. Like she will be on set even in like a benefit, you know, she will sit through everybody else's sound check and just listen and support. You know, and not like give you notes or anything, but like she'll just be there to support and clap for you. And um, and anytime we would 
we would talk about anything, she would show up the next day and like bring me jewelry that she thought that I would like or that my character would like because of something I said. She would bring me clothes oh. that I would never fit into because she's burned at Peter's and I'm not. Um, but uh, but the point was is that she was t- she was showing me that she was listening to what I was saying and she was mm. you know engaging in in a very deep um, and supportive level and um yeah we if if everybody tried to be like bernadette peters and dolly parton the world would be a better oh. for sure oh. uh that thank you megan that's amazing um mark i have a very specific another specific question were you there for johnny carson's last show um uh, <laughs> yes you've got to do better research i'm sorry what? michael what's wrong I, I, I was there i was part of it I know. I'm. I'm saying. I. Where, where I, I want to know. Do you think I was playing from a from another <laughs> galaxy? Sorry. No. You'll edit this out. I know this is live, but still, you'll edit that part out. Um, that was. That was. That was me trying to make like a, a good, just like kind comparison. But thank you for calling me out. I love it's it. All right. Thank you. Um, what what was it like being part of Johnny Carson? Yes, oh, well, that's a that's a better, that's a better question. Uh, no, that was that was that nothing will ever compare to that. And of course, people your age, I'm surprised that you even know what that was. But Michael knows all those older things that I have. But no at that at that time, Johnny Carson retiring, he was the king of show business, and and everyone the the most famous people were all dying to get onto those final weeks and then bet called and said oh my god he's asked me to be the last guest it wasn't actually the last show it was the penultimate show the last show was just him on a stool talking oh. but everyone thinks of it as the last show and she was yeah. the last guest so what a responsibility i've written something you can go to my website markshamer.com and there's a little like memory piece of of that whole night nothing will ever ever you know it was like floating uh, you know i mean i could tell you the whole story but it would take you know 20 minutes and that's uh, what's so interesting about so many memories we hear from people they have these responses where they can't put words to their those are the best best memories where you know if you're a really good writer you can hopefully try to summon up what that was like if you write about it or or you know, be a storyteller. Um, but yeah, that was the peak. That was the peak. That's amazing. What do and you also, guys... as, as as large as my ego is, mostly if I hear something I've worked on, I go, oh, why didn't I fix that? Or why did I choose that key? Or uh. <laughs> but I can watch that last moment with Bet. I mean, the last fifteen minutes of that show, but the last five minutes, and go, that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. Mm. Yes, and it's, that's it very is. rare, even with my ego. I mean, it's perfect. It's- yes, it is. Thank you for putting me in my place. And and you're right. What's funny is now I have you and Bette Midler who have both yelled at me before because when I photographed her, yeah, I had 30 seconds and I had to change one very, 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 very simple thing. And she goes, hurry up. And I was so happy because I she yelled at me as if like my aunt would yell at me. So thank you for yelling at me. That makes me very happy. And now you I could just- yell at you too? So 
<laughs> no, we're gonna play a game. We don't need you to yell at him no? too. It's okay. No, okay. no, no, okay. no. No, thank you. But uh, I can only take one per day. So. <laughs> at this point in the live stream event, we played Broadway-themed memory games. While these games are tons of fun, they're best enjoyed in the video format of our episode. If you'd like to see the game portion of this episode, visit My Broadway Memory on YouTube or Facebook. Now back to My Broadway Memory. Now, um, we, you know, we've come to the point in our in our show where we're winding down and we'll carry on with our nights. But um, uh, does anyone like how like do you want to share anything like anything exciting happening and um, you want to talk about anything? This is this is your time for you to speak and say hi. So besides becoming a first grade teacher, do you have any other news or any other yeah. events you're going to be doing? How are like your lives? So exciting. I just ordered all kinds of posters for my classroom oh. and <laughs> getting her computer ready and meaning my computer. And uh, do you do you put on different clothes? Do you put your hair up like in like in a little school mom? No, I'll let you think that I do. But um, I I actually since quarantine began, I um, especially because once it started, I we launched right into distance learning and um Every morning we do the same thing. I get fully ready. I put my lashes on just like everybody else. And I, I curl my hair and like, I, cause otherwise I just don't feel like myself. So every day I fully put myself wow. together before we head out and, and do our thing. Yeah. That's um, no, I do a bunch of animation. So while, um, while, all of my concerts have either been, luckily most of them have been pushed to later next year. Uh, some of them have been canceled, um, but thank goodness I, I have several different um, cartoons that I work on that I'm able to record at home. We have a home studio. Um, so I'm able to have, like I, I'm thanking all my lucky stars because so many artists are struggling so hard and and we are we are on that path because I mean, we don't know when when these live performances will come back into our lives. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm I, I am thanking my lucky my lucky stars that I have these these jobs to hold on to. Um, I, I know that uh, that it makes me an, an extremely uh, lucky person to have that right now. So I'm super grateful. Mm. Yeah. And Mark, do you have anything? I know you're going to be a part of the virtual gala that we were talking about earlier. No, basically all I do is eat. Good. Beautiful. No, I, I'm actually, I, we, Scott and I wrote a song for a friend's animated show also. It seems like, I mean, animation wow. right now is the only place in show business that is- That's continuing. Is continuing and thriving. Yeah. So we wrote this one big number for our friend's show. He's written a show about the royal family. It's based on his Instagram, where, he's, where he does an Instagram oh. as Prince George. Okay, Here they come. The kids just came. Uh -oh. That's okay. Uh -oh. I love it. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Cameo. So we've been recording that and uh, doing the orchestration for that right here. Uh, so that's that. I mean, it's been nice to work for the last five days, but basically, I've been doing nothing but just wondering what's going to happen to this world. Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, yeah. Thank you both so much for coming on My Broadway Memory. I'm sure yes. our listeners and audience members were so excited to see you both for a little bit. And um, yeah, where can we find you guys on social media? Yeah. At Megan Hilty. That's it. 
I don't know, Mark Shaman, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Luckily, I'm the <laughs> only one. Mark, Mark with a C. There's really no other one. So you'll find me. Beautiful. Good. Um, I, yeah, I think you have an underscore in between Mark and Shaman. So, you know, we just just for uh, the God is in the details, I guess. And, yes. You know, just making sure we can find you. But, um, you know, usually at the end of every episode, we announce next week's guests and we will though we are still working out um, guests for next week, we will say that they are from Jagged Little Pill. So if you love Jagged Little Pill, be sure to watch our show next week. And um, always, you know, follow us on social media. You know, And, you and watch the, the, you know, the French Woods. Um, yeah. I know you mentioned in the beginning of the show, but you, you, you want to mention that again? Because I, I know that's important. That's, yes. That's, August 16th at 7 p.m. streaming on starsinthehouse.com. You'll find the virtual gala uh, Moments in the Woods, which is raising funds for the Hancock uh, French Woods Arts Alliance, which helps get um, young artists into schools. And it's a really life-changing nonprofit. So watch it, donate. It's like a telethon, so you'll be able to donate in the moment. You can even donate now. Uh, So... It's going to be a great night. So mark your calendars for August 16th at 7 p.m. at starsinthehouse.com. And as always, thank you to our amazing team at the Broadway Podcast Network, Dory, Berenstein, Alan Seals, Brittany Bigelow, and Katie Rosen. We even had some musical underscore there this time. Yes, we we love it. We can go out with a bang. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, Mark. This is a marvelous episode. You guys are great. Thank you so much. Bye. Be safe. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.